Well, hey there. Welcome to the Kim Constable podcast. This is Kim Constable. Nobody cares. Work harder. Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast, which I think that you are going to enjoy based on the feedback that we got from last week, which was that you really enjoyed the Q&A style of podcast. So here is what I have decided to do for the next four weeks. I have decided to do an Ask Kim style podcast. So what this means is rather than me taking a subject and breaking it down um, into, you know, how I like to break things down, I'm going to instead be going live once a week on Instagram and recording the podcast live. And that's exactly what I'm going to do today. So I put it out on Instagram about 45 minutes ago because I just had the inspiration to do it 45 minutes ago. And I said, I'm going to go live at 7 p.m. on Sunday. And any question you want me to answer live on the podcast, um, make sure you ask it here on Instagram. There's been quite a few really good questions have come through. And so I'm going to hit... um, I'm going to hit the live button in about three minutes. I'm going to go live on Instagram. So I'm going to be recording the podcast, listening or sorry, answering the questions here. But I'm going to be also live on Instagram at the same time. So if I get a little bit excited and shout um, and raise my voice a little bit, that is why. But I will try to keep my excitement levels to a minimum. And I hope that you enjoy this Q&A style. Um, I got so much good feedback last week. So many reviews, people writing to me and saying, love this style, love listening to your answers. Um, because of course, you know, fitness isn't just what I do. I am so interested in men, well, have experience in many, many things, you know, fitness and business and life skills and parenting and homeschooling and all of those different things. So if you are interested in hearing more than just me talk about bodybuilding and shredding and building muscle and all of those things, then this Q&A is definitely the place where you can get all of your questions answered. But we are going to be going live on Instagram. Make sure you follow me there at The Sculpted Vegan. And that is where you can ask the questions and also where you can just watch this podcast being recorded live if you don't always have time to come here and listen to the podcast. So before we get started, I just want to tell you that um, if you want to leave a review on the podcast, wherever you're listening to it, to be in with the chance of winning one of our Sculpted Vegan programs, then you can absolutely do that. You just need to write the review, take a screenshot of it before you post it. That's very important because sometimes it disappears into the abyss and then send me a picture of it as a direct message on Instagram and you will be entered into the draw to win one of our Sculpted Vegan programs and we are going to be announcing the winner next month. This is now uh, coming to the end of August, middle to the end of August. Can't believe we're nearly at the end of August and the summer is nearly over. But um, c'est la vie, that is the way it is. Okay, so I'm just going to go live now on Instagram. I'm going to start taking the questions and I will speak to you guys again in just a second. Okay, so we are live. Loads of people coming up here on Instagram. I didn't give everyone a really um, a, a huge opportunity or a huge amount of notice uh, that this was going to happen, but we definitely will send out an email and let everybody know this is going to happen. So we probably don't have as many people on live as we would have if we had have actually notified people. But you know what? Say la vie. It's actually better because then more people get their questions answered. Okay, so let me pull up the questions. Some really good questions here. Um, and let me just actually start with, I'm going to start with some, maybe some short ones before we get into, you know, deeper into the content. So pull up this question here at the bottom. Okay. Question from stories. Um, is the scream at the start of your podcasts, you in training? So, um, this is a really good quick one just to answer. So I remember, um, whenever I train with my 
trainer, Mark Getty. Now I have a home gym, so I train mostly from my home gym. But whenever I go to Lisburn to train with Mark, it's mostly legs. And Mark, I've never trained harder in my life than I trained with Mark Getty. And whenever you are training legs with Mark, you honestly feel like you are giving birth. That's the only way I can describe it. Like you, that's what My husband and I were talking the other day whenever we were walking and I said to him, those last couple of reps on the incline hack squat, which is usually the first squat machine that we do or sometimes the second, but those last few reps on that machine, I really genuinely feel the same amount of intensity that I felt when I was giving birth to my four children. I'm not even kidding. And so just for those last couple of months, sometimes you really, really, really have to dig deep and push harder than you've ever pushed in your life before. And so there was, um, in one of the videos, I remember I'd sent it through to my creative director at the time, who was, uh, also called Mark. And I'd sent through one of the videos, um, for that we had taken because he was making video content for us. And in one of the videos in my final, I don't know whether it was my final rep actually, or whether it was the first rep, but anyway, it was in one of the squat sets. I let out this massive big, like, like I, it was just me going from the bottom to the top, you know, of the rep. And Mark took that sound out of the video and he made it into the start of the podcast, um, which was absolutely genius. I think it's brilliant. And so sometimes people, people either love it or they hate it because it's a real feral sound. And if you haven't listened to it, if you're actually watching this on Instagram and you haven't listened to it, then, um, make sure you you go and listen to the podcast at some point if you want to hear what I mean. But it really is a very, a very um, deep kind of feral, what's that word I'm looking for? Guttural kind of sound. You know, it really just comes like from, you can tell that someone really isn't thinking about what they're doing. They, you really just feel like you're giving birth. So yes, that is where the sound comes from. And a lot of my audience are here and they're saying, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love that you love it because I love it too. But um, yeah, it really reminds me of how much effort it actually takes to get under the squat rack. Okay, so let me pull up some um, some other questions. Loads of training questions here, which actually is great. Um, so here's a really good one here, uh, which is, how do I stay consistent when training alone in a home gym? I find it, it's hard to find a fit tribe. Okay, this is, you know... This is a really good question. It is something that many people struggle with. It's something that I have struggled with in the past. And honestly, the only thing that I can say is that you have to, you have to schedule your workouts into your diary and don't let yourself off the hook. There really is no other way to do it. Like the only way that you can ensure that you are going to motivate yourself to show up in your home gym is to put it in your calendar as if you have an appointment and then don't let yourself off the hook because I never feel like training. Now, I'm lucky in that my husband and I train every morning. So we have a, a great home gym and I'll actually do a Q&A from the home gym one day. Loads of you have been asking about the gym. So I'll do one in there, a live Q&A on Instagram in the home gym. But we train every morning. And so it does make it easier. Well, we train four days a week, actually. Whenever Ryan's training with me, it does make it easier because I'm either, we train at 9.30 and I'm either saying to him, come on, come on, hurry up. Or he's saying, come on, hurry up, you know, get going. And so the two of us are kind of getting each other going. And then once you go in there, you know, he's done a set and he's like, come on, come on, right, get on, you know, do your first set. So you do have someone kind of pushing you on. It is harder to motivate yourself whenever you are doing it by yourself. On a Friday, Ryan doesn't train with me. I train glutes and hamstrings on a Friday. And so he doesn't train with me. And 
and sometimes like I procrastinate and procrastinate and procrastinate. It's different if I have a um, if I have something like a meeting or something I have to go to straight afterwards. But if I don't, then I end up standing in the kitchen and talking to, to Lee, our chef, or I chat to Lorraine, our housekeeper, or I just or I I get caught on Instagram, and and it is harder to get in there. I know I will always always do it but I do tend to put it off and procrastinate which is kind of annoying um but I never do let myself off the hook and really the only thing I can say is well actually let me let me tell you a story I remember years ago whenever I used to practice yoga so I had a yoga studio here in the house I used to um, teach private yoga at home and I had turned one of the bedrooms into a yoga studio and in that yoga studio I always burned incense before my customers came and or my clients came and I always um, used to spray the mats so I had you know obviously I had about four mats but I I, a mat for them a mat for my client and a mat for me and I used to spray the mats with a mix of tea tree and lavender mixed with water and so tea tree and lavender would you know disinfect the mats and also make them smell lovely so I used to spray them and wipe them down with tea tree and lavender so of course then whenever my clients were also in child's pose they were putting their nose on the mat the mats just always smell delicious so the mixture of incense in the room and the lavender and tea tree gave the room a very pungent smell continually like a continually beautiful pungent kind of you know smell earthy kind of smell and so I every time I walked into that room I experienced a state change so I I never used to want to practice yoga sometimes you know I always have my own home practice as well as teaching and on the weekends I used to do you know quite an advanced practice and of course it's like training in the gym I never really felt like doing it like I never really wanted to practice but I would walk into as soon as I walked into my yoga studio and I smelled the the room and I smelled the you know the the pungent smell I instantly wanted to go into child's pose or I instantly wanted to start doing sun salutations or doing some kind of yoga because the smell triggered a state change. So it's important if you find yourself um, not being motivated to find something that can help you to trigger a state change. You know how... Um, you don't think that you're hungry or you're, you're like, really, I'm not hungry at all. And then you smell pizza. Like someone said, do you want some food? And you'll be like, no, no, I'm not hungry at all. And then you smell pizza and you're like, and suddenly you're hungry. And it's not really that you're hungry. It's that the smell of the pizza or whatever your favorite food is, has stimulated your, um, your hunger hormones. And so now suddenly you feel hungry. It's the same as the gym. It's the same as the yoga room. It's the same as anything in which you need to change your state and motivate yourself to do. A lot of people say this to me if they don't feel like going to a gym or they don't feel like working out as soon as they walk into a commercial gym and they smell the smell of the gym suddenly they feel motivated to you know to train and I've you know you've had this before like you really haven't felt like going out maybe whenever you're younger and then you walk into a um you walk into like a nightclub and the music's banging and the atmosphere and you have you know that smell of a nightclub which almost smells like that steam that they let off and suddenly when you're there you're like yeah and suddenly you don't you don't remember that you were tired and unmotivated and you didn't want to go out you are there to party so that's a physiological state change and if you can create something in your home gym or in your yoga studio or whatever it is you're trying to motivate yourself to do if you can create something in there which will help you to create a physiological state change that is going to help you to stay motivated so so I would um, I would recommend creating some kind of smell or some kind of ritual or something that you do every time you go into the gym that when you do this thing and it's a very simple thing to do for me it used to be lighting a candle and lighting incense the minute I went into my yoga studio and I lit a candle and I lit incense that would instantly trigger my yoga state. 
So if you can do something like a little ritual, something that you do, it could be, like I said, as simple as lighting a candle, it could be as simple as, you know, as, as punching a boxing bag or as, you know, smelling something like, a, I know Mark, my trainer, he still uses smelling salts. You know, it's a very old thing they used to use to bring people around after they passed out from training legs so hard. So, you know, he and the boys would use smelling salts um, and they were really, really strong, like ammonia smell. And so if he ever smells that, he's like, <gasps> he's raring to go, you know, he wants to, to, to go and lift weights. So find some kind of trigger, something you can use as a trigger to motivate yourself because, you know, they always say motivation will get you going, but discipline will keep you going. And sometimes we just don't have the motivation and, you know, but you just have to find a way to keep yourself disciplined because at the end of the day, nothing and no one can make you disciplined. Like you have to want it badly enough. And if you don't want it badly enough, you will just find an excuse. If it's important to you, you will find a way. And if it's not, you will find an excuse. And that is that is the law of the world. So you just have to find something that it's, that it's important enough to you and just don't let yourself off the hook. Give yourself a self-imposed consequence. That's another thing you can do. So you can actually say to yourself, if I don't show up and train five days this week, I am not going to drink coffee for a month or I am not going to do this thing that I love. Whatever it is that you really, really love to do, like give yourself a self-imposed consequence, like a, you know, like a punishment for yourself for not doing the thing. Just find any way you can to keep yourself disciplined and that is um and that's that is that's what that's how you can get yourself going and then honestly after a while you just it just becomes a way of life like like getting up in the morning and brushing your teeth like how many times do you ever feel before going to bed like brushing your teeth like have you ever lay in bed and you're like oh no i haven't brushed my teeth like do you ever go to sleep without brushing them probably not most people get up and go and brush them even if they don't feel like it it's the same with the gym you're not going to feel like going to the gym but you're going to get up and go just just like you would get up and brush your teeth. And so that's just what happens after a while, but you have to develop that pattern and you have to develop that discipline. Great, great, great question. Okay, another question. Okay, this is a really good one, which actually is um, completely, which is different to um, bodybuilding questions, whatever. And it is, um, it's annoying that they're not showing me who asked the question. So um, question is, how do I stay consistent when, no, that's not it. That's the one I've just answered. Okay. Here it is here. Uh, okay. Juliana Rock, I think it was. What do you look for in a potential employee? Now, I get asked this a lot. We have about 30 employees now in the Sculpted Vegan um, worldwide. My wage bill, I think, is nearly a million pounds a year, believe it or not, which is fucking scary biscuits because that's a shitload of people dependent on me. Um, to pay their to keep their families. So um, what do I look for in a potential employee? I've always said that one of the reasons I've been successful is that I have always been really good at identifying good people. And identifying good people and persuading them to come and work for you really is the secret to success because business is about people. Business is about the people you employ and the people who purchase your products. And if you take care of your people, then everything else will take care of itself. And so I am the kind of person who is a really, really hard worker. I've, I've always worked super, super hard and I have always gone above and beyond what was asked me, asked of me in jobs. Like I, I would have gone, you know, I always would have stayed late, arrived early. I would have worked harder. I would have gone the extra mile and everything because that's the kind of person who I, you know, I am like, I never had to be asked to work harder. I just always did it. And people who didn't work hard just to piss me off. So 
I, I, but I, I never, I was always taken advantage of. And what I mean by that is no one really ever recognized how hard I worked in the jobs that I worked in. And like, I remember I was managing a restaurant, um, in a hotel here in Belfast and I was so determined to turn that restaurant around because they had so many issues with staff and so many issues with like the management of the hotel was horrendous. I should have realized it was flogging a dead horse. But I used to sleep in the hotel sometimes two to three nights a week, sleep in the hotel so that I could be there for last service and then I could get up in the morning and be there for breakfast. I literally lived in that hotel and I was just taken advantage of because nobody, you know, they just, they, the harder I worked, the harder I had to work. And it was um and so i the reason why i'm saying this is what i have recognized is when you find someone who is like that when you find someone who is a super super hard worker but who is also agreeable you want to hold on to them with both hands jordan peterson talks about this in um in a lot of his literature he talks about how people who are hard working but agreeable are the most likely to be taken advantage of and i um i am one of those people who is hard working and agreeable and he says a lot of middle-aged women are like this women in their 30s or women in their 40s or 50s they're hardworking and agreeable and they are the ones who are most likely to be taken advantage of and so he um and so whenever i heard that i was like this is actually me and so the reason why um the reason why i think i've been successful in hiring people is because I look for people who are super, super hardworking, like really hardworking, like it's in their DNA, they have to work, and but who are also super agreeable and then I reward them like no one else ever has. And when I reward them, I don't just mean financially, I do pay really well, so I do reward people financially, but I reward them in that I... I, I, I recognize them, like I notice them, I take care of them, I say to them, you know, I, you are doing an amazing job, like I would be lost without you, I never, I never take advantage of them, like I'll say to them, this is the thing that I want to do, how do you feel about this, do you think we could do this, is this okay, and if they say, no Kim, you're asking too much, or we don't have the capacity for that, or no, I'm just, I, I just cannot fit that in with what I'm doing, I say, okay, no problem, I'll have a rethink, and I go back and I rethink, and so I never, ever, ever lay down the law and say, this is what we're doing. Do it. I, I respect them at all times. I respect the fact that they will go above and beyond the call of duty always. And so I never take advantage of them. And I think that is why my company has been so successful, because everyone who I have working for me, everyone, like without exception, is exceptionally, incredibly hard working. Uh, but they are also super agreeable and they have been taken advantage of by many people in the past. So when they come to work for me, they go like Laura, my head trainer, she always says, this is the best employed, self-employed job I've ever had because she's fully employed by the company, but yet she acts like she's self-employed. In my company, I don't. Um, in my company, I don't. I don't have any rules about when you work, how you work, what time you work. We don't have any rules about you need to be in work by nine a.m. and you leave by five. If they want to go get their nails done, they go get their nails done. If someone wants to take a day off, they take a day off. Like hardly anyone. People take holidays, and, and there's like holiday allocation or vacation, you know, allocation but 
nobody really pays attention to it. People just go on vacation when they feel they need it because I have these incredibly hardworking people working for me and I know they're not going to take advantage of it. And if someone feels that they need a super long vacation or they need a day off or they need to work from home or they need a week in bed working, you know, under their duvet for a week, I'm like, you go, sweetheart, you fucking, you get under that duvet and you, you, you look after yourself and, you know, and, and they they love me for it because I know that they they wouldn't be take they wouldn't be taking time off if they really genuinely didn't need it. But apart from the fact I give people respect, I give them the respect they're due. I say you're an adult, right? You've been employed to do a job, and I won't expect any more of you that I'm paying that I'm paying you for. And but I do want your loyalty. I do want you to be available whenever I I need you to be available, which sometimes will be weird hours and weekends and fucking all kinds of shit. But in return, I will give you your freedom. You can do the job whenever you want to do it. As long as the work's done, I don't give a shit when it's done, how it's done. And also, you know, I, I provide them with our chef makes lunch for all the girls in the office here every day. I provide them with the best coffee, with sparkling water, with protein bars. You know, we just, I take care of them. I make it a really, really, really nice working environment. And so therefore they, 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 they never want to leave the office. <laughs> So it's a little cunning, my plan. So I know I kind of went a little bit off track there and say, you know, and said, you know, it's not really what I look for in a potential employee, but that is what I look. So if you had to ask me, what is the one thing you should look for in a potential employee? Look for someone who is extremely hardworking, but also agreeable. And I don't mean nice. I mean, agreeable as in like, they will say yes, and they will say yes, and they will say yes, sometimes to their detriment. I mean, often to their detriment. They will say yes and yes, and they will be taken advantage of. And sometimes my employees say yes, and I go and I say, is there any way you could whatever? And they'll say, well, that weekend I have such and such on, but you know what? It's fine. I'll I'll do this and I'll change this right. And I go, no, 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 no. You absolutely will not. And they go, no, no, it's fine. I go, it is not fine. You have this organized. And what I'm asking of you, I'm literally, I was, I was asking, did you have anything else on? You have this thing on. I want you to keep doing that and I will find another option. And they're like, are you sure? I'm like, of course I'm sure. Like I would never ask you to do it. So I think in life you have to really be careful not to take advantage of people. It's extremely important not to take advantage of people, to give them the respect that they're due. And I find that when you respect people and you give them the space to thrive and grow and and do their jobs, then they will they will do their jobs even better and even more efficiently. And I always say that I, you know, I take care of my people and my people take care of the people. So the better I take care of the people who work for me, the better they take care of my customers because I can't take care of my customers, but I can take care of my employees. So um, yeah, so that's just a tip for hiring. Always look for people who are hardworking and agreeable and you will, and then treat them with respect and you will never go wrong. Okay. 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 A couple of quick fire ones. Um, Kim, did I read that you are launching an abs program? War when is the next launch? Okay, so we have some really exciting stuff coming up. So we have, yes, eight week abs is a program that Laura, my head trainer, has developed. It's eight weeks of eight eight minutes a day for eight weeks, eight week abs. It's not a shred program. It's a program that you can add on to the end of any of your training program because it's only done in eight minutes. And Laura not only demos the exercises, but she actually takes you through a full eight minute training program. So she's there talking you through it. You just literally press play and and, and you go. And I got my sister and my niece uh, to come and record it. So they both do the two workouts. There's an advanced workout and then a more beginner's workout. And so you can choose your workout and you just click, you just press and play and and go. And we actually just designed the um, the cover of it last week. The program's being designed at the minute and the minute the program is designed, we will release it. It's going to be $47. So it's not going to be expensive at all. 
Um, it's not going to come with its own Facebook group or anything. It's just an add-on program. But yes, Eight Week Abs is coming. And then we have another uh, butt camp. We're going to reopen the Sculpt and Shred in September. Um, so at the end of September, we're going to reopen the Sculpt and Shred. We also have the app launching as soon as it's ready. It's in testing phase at the minute. And then we are going to launch Butt Camp 2.0 on September uh, 27th. So, and that's going to come with another mammoth prize fund. So it's a brand new program. It's got all new workouts. It's got gym workouts, new meal plans, whole, all new information. It's a brand new program and it's going to be launching with an enormous prize fund. Same prize fund as Buns and Guns, 20,000 first prize, 10,000 second, 5,000 third, 3,000 fourth, um, and then uh, one thousand fifth, and then six to tenth get five hundred dollars each. So literally, someone and we're going to be announcing the winner. I think it's on like the sixth of December or something. So or the twelfth of December, twelfth of December. I think the winner will be announced on the twelfth of December. So literally, just before Christmas, it it ends at the end of November, and just before Christmas, we are going to be giving away some. We're going to be giving either twenty thousand, ten thousand, five thousand, three thousand, or one thousand. And even if you don't win one of the massive prizes in Bunsen and Butt Camp, you could. You'll you'll be you'll be going into Christmas with an absolutely spectacular body. So like, what a gift to give yourself for Christmas. Um. So yeah. So that is um that is launching at, uh, September twenty seventh, as well as the abs program too. Okay, another wee quick fire one. Uh, what foundation do you wear or do you not wear any? Um, I don't wear foundation really ever. I wear tinted moisturizer sometimes. Um, and most of everything I wear these days is by Rodial Beauty, R-O-D-I-A-L. I love their makeup. I love their uh, skincare. Um, I've actually, they want me to be an ambassador for them, which is really good. So they're going to give me like discount codes and everything uh, because I post about them so much. Um, and I know the founder, Maria Hadstasifanis. And so Rodial Beauty is what I wear. Um, and, but I don't really wear foundation during the day. I just kind of have naturally good skin, which is really nice. Just loads of water, loads of exercise, loads of plant-based food. And yeah, I don't know. I always get complimented on my skin, but really I think it's just loads of good skincare, loads of facials, loads of Botox, loads of fillers. It's, it's, it's easy to look good whenever you have money. Um, okay. What else do we have coming up here? Um, okay, let's go to a homeschooling one about kids. So, oh, response couldn't be shared. This bloody thing is really just not, uh, oh, oh, there it is there. So it says you're homeschooling your kids, which I love. How would you feel about them going to university? So I really, like if my kids wanted to go to university or college or I would like, I am, I don't have any rules for my kids whatsoever. Um, apart from, you know, don't hurt each other, don't hurt anyone else, um, you know, that kind of stuff. But I, you know, one of my children, my second son decided he wanted to go to school. And so he started school at the end of last term. And he only went for like four weeks at the end of the term. And he loved it. And he's starting again in September. And he's going, he's, he's nearly, he's, 14 is he or 15 he's 14 so um he'll be 15 next year so he decided he wanted to go to school and I was fully in support of that because whatever my kids want whatever makes them happy is what actually makes me happy so if my kids want to go to university I will fully support that um I will it's my job as a parent as a learning you know I always say I, my job is as a learning facilitator so I'm there to facilitate whatever it is my kids want if my kids wanted to go to university and study something I would sit them down I would um 
I would help them work out the pros and cons. I would ask them, is it worth getting? Because I wouldn't pay for it. I would ask them to pay for it themselves. So I would ask them, you know, what would be the reasons? I'm always asking my kids, you know, what's the reason you want to do something? So I would ask them, what's the reason you want to go to university? Is it because you just want to have fun? Is it because you want to meet friends? Is it because you actually want to study something to maybe become a doctor or a vet or whatever? Because if they wanted to go and study business studies, I would basically, I would say to them, don't do it. Like I, I studied business studies and really I learned nothing except how to party. So, you know, whenever you learn something for the sake of learning it, but you're not applying it practically in real life, like knowledge is absolutely useless. I study business studies and I don't remember one single thing that I learned in my business studies degree. Um, how I learned about business was starting an actual business, age 37. And in um, we made over $10 million in four years. So I didn't know anything about business, but I learned on the job. So what I would say to them is, if you want to go and be like a doctor or um, an accountant or something which needs a, a professional qualification, which I doubt very much my, any of my kids will do, then I will. It's, it'll be my job to help them figure out what they need to get to university to make that happen, if that's truly what they want. But whatever my kids decide, I would always ask them, had they fully looked at all of the information? I think that's very, very important. And I think that we're seeing that a lot at the minute with the, the pandemic and the vaccines and everything, that you know a lot of people are, are not evaluating information um, before they make a decision. And then... You know, and a lot of people don't want to evaluate information, but I think that it's it's lacking in the world. The ability to evaluate information before you make a decision is not something that is taught in school. It's not something that the government really wants you to do. They just want you to follow orders. They just want you to do what they tell you to do, and they use the mainstream media to um, to influence the narrative. Um, and they don't really want you to be pro-choice. You know, so. One thing I've always taught my kids is don't take information on good faith. Even information I give them, I always say to them, even though it's me giving you this information, don't take it on good faith. Don't take my word for it. Go and do your own research. Go and, you know, and read the data on both sides. Go and figure out what's important to you and go and try and extract opinion from fact and go and try and extract the data, the raw data from opinion and from fact and, and evaluate information and then make the best decision that you can with the information that you've got. And sometimes we have imperfect information, but I think that the world's inability to be able to, um, to look at information, to, to read data, to, to fact find, you know, before they make a decision is one of the worst possible things that's happened. One of the worst things that's happening in our world. So one of the things I've always said to my kids is before you make a decision, just figure out why do I want to do this? What are, what are the pros of doing it? What are the cons of doing it? And, and then make the decision, you know, based on, on facts and data and, you know, Anyway, I'm, I'm butchering what I'm trying to say here, but you know, what, you, you know what I'm trying to say? I'm like, you know, rather than just, oh, I think I'll go to university, I would always make them question. Question everything. Question every decision that you make and all of the information you have and then try and make the best decision you have. And I think that if the world did that a little more, we might be in a slightly better place than we are right now. There's a lot of fear, being a lot of fear-driven decisions at the minute, um, which is how, you know, the world and the governments want you to be. They want you to be scared so they can control you because whenever people are fearful, they can be controlled. 
So I never make my kids scared. I never punish them. I never yell at them. We've never used the naughty step. If, I, if I'm ever angry or upset, I apologize. If I've ever lied to them, um, I apologize to them. I say, I'm so sorry, I was scared and I lied to you. And here's why I lied to you. And I've looked at it. And this actually happened today. Actually, I, my son asked me a question yesterday and I, and I actually panicked and I lied to him. And then I was like, why did I do that? And I realized that I had been scared to tell him the truth because I had two competing values. So this morning I sat down and I said, I lied to you yesterday. I'm really sorry. And he said, what did you lie about? And I told him. And he said, why did you lie? And I said, you know what? I was scared. And I said, let me tell you why. I said, I've had these two competing values. One was this and one was this. And I, you know, and I tried to uphold both of them at the same time. But unfortunately, I realized it isn't possible. And, I'm, and, I, and I apologize and I'm going to go and look at it and why I lied. And we had a great conversation about it. And, and it was wonderful. So I think whenever you own your decisions and you own your fear and you own your emotions, um, it's a, it's, you, come, you make decisions from a place of, of being at cause. And whenever you make decisions from an at cause place, they are much better decisions, in my opinion. And so I think that if we all taught our kids to be that way, if first if we learned to be that way, because you can't teach your kids to be something that you have not learned. So I think if we all learn to do that first, then we could teach it to our kids. And I think that we could change the world with one generation. But I don't think it's going to happen in my generation. So anyway, moving swiftly on. Okay, Mrs. Davies, this is a controversial one. Do you really, really believe that anything above the bikini category requires extra help? Now, I think what she means by extra help is, uh, does it require anabolic steroids? And I've just heard my children screaming in the background. I did tell three of them that I was recording a podcast, but I forgot to tell the fourth and she arrived with her friend. And I don't think they know where I'm in here. So if you hear blood curdling screams in the background, no one is being murdered. It's just my children playing. So, um, okay. Uh, do you think anything above the bikini category needs extra help? So what she means by help is anabolic steroids. Look, I am not in the, I am not the, the, the best person to talk about anabolic steroids at all. Cause I really, truly do not know a lot about them. Mark Getty, my trainer, is probably the biggest, most muscular man I've ever met in my entire life. And he knows everything about anabolic steroids and he's not afraid to talk about it. And so um, what I would say is that every athlete that I know personally has probably, and there's a lot of probably's in here, but has probably taken small amounts of anabolic steroids. And in fact, most bikini athletes take small amounts of anabolic steroids. And outside of the bodybuilding world, there's a huge stigma on steroids. People are like, oh, she's juiced up and oh, she's taking steroids. And oh, look at her. She looks like a man. She's on the on the juice, you know. And I'm like, it's such an ignorant thing to say. Like people always say it about Mark Getty, my trainer. They say, you know, oh, yeah. Oh, he's only that big because he's on the juice. I'm like, yeah, that's it. He just lay in bed for the last 22 years on his, on his whole eating cheesy puffs and drinking Gatorade. And that's how he got so big. All he did was inject himself with steroids and eat cheesy puffs and drink Gatorade. And that's why he's big. No, of course not. That man has worked harder than anyone I've ever fucking seen in my entire life. Now, did he get a little chemical help to, you know, make his muscles grow? You know, well, yes. But does that mean that he didn't work hard for it? No. So I think that a lot of people love to diss steroids and say, 
you know, that uh, they love to almost make out that someone hasn't worked hard and just like, oh, she's on the juice or he's on the juice. And, and, and you know, making out in some way that that means that you're like, it, it cancels out all of the hard work you've done, all of the dieting you've done, all of the, the sacrifices and the, the eating and the building and the, you know, and, and the gym time. And, you know, it, it's a sh- it, it requires an enormous amount of work to be a professional bodybuilder. So I have never, ever, ever spoken ill of anyone in the bodybuilding world. And it's only people outside of the bodybuilding world who like to put people down and say, oh, it's just because she's on the juice or she's on the steroids. So that's a, a little bit of a rant <laughs> on steroids uh, or on people who like to judge others for taking steroids. And listen, can I tell you, I used to be like this, okay, before I went in. So, so let me let me tell you a quick story, actually. Whenever I first stood on stage, I remember it wasn't, it was just a local show and I was prepping really, really hard from, for my show and I was dieting and I was training. And I remember my trainer at the time saying to me, um, I was dieting hard for the show. And he said to me, you know, you've done so, so well. But I was like, I'm not lean enough. And he was like, no, you've done so, so well. And he said, Kim, honestly, you will probably be the only person standing on that stage who hasn't taken, you know, who hasn't had any under the counter help. And I went, what do you mean? And he said, you know, who hasn't taken any kind of, you know, steroids or fat burners or whatever. And I was like, what, do they, do, do, well, I was like, well, will they be taking like fat burners and, and steroids? And he was like, yeah, of course. And I was like, but, and I remember feeling really like, but this isn't fair. Like, I don't, I don't have, I have an unfair, they have an unfair advantage over me. And I remember really feeling like annoyed and upset and shocked by it. Like I re- it took me a couple of days to get over it because it never even occurred to me. I thought, I thought steroids were for big, massive muscular bodybuilders. And so I can try on, and it was my first show, of course, right? So I didn't know if I was going to be lean enough or I didn't know if I was going to be muscular enough. And and so it just felt unfair to me, like these people had an unfair advantage. And I remember, and so so anyway, I, I got over that pretty quickly because I won my show <laughs> and I came sick actually in one of the classes, first time bikini, it had loads of really young girls in it and they're me, nearly 40, standing on stage with all these fucking 16 year olds. And then I won my next class and so obviously didn't need the steroids. But um, two things I would say about that. The first one is I didn't have to compete in the show. So nobody, nobody said to me, there were, you know, nobody promised that it was going to be fair. Nobody promised that everybody was going to be eating the same and drinking the same and training the same and you know people could say oh well she's been training with Mark Getty and he does high intensity training well that's not fair because she's going to build far more muscle than me because I don't have access to a trainer five days a week doing high intensity training you know somebody could have said the same thing you're always whenever you whenever you feel life is unfair you're always going to find that it's unfair in some way right so I could people could have said that it was unfair that I had been trained or I had the money to train with the trainer five days a week or that you know something I could have said well it's not fair they're all eating me and it's so much easier for them to get their protein than me. It's not fair, you know. So to say something isn't fair is to deny reality, okay? Reality is just reality. Reality doesn't give a fuck if you think that it's fair or it's not fair, okay? That's just your judgment. So you would rather bend reality to to fit in with your view of the world than accept the what is. And so people who, but here's the thing, right? So I, but I can understand why people, um, why people get upset why people who are inexperienced get upset about people who take steroids um because they because i because i remember how i felt i felt like it wasn't fair and so i think that people 
normal in inverted commas, people look at professional bodybuilders and they in some way want to insinuate that the reason why they're not getting the results that the bodybuilders are is because it's because of, of the steroids, but it's not true. Oh, sorry. I just got like low battery there for a second. Um, it's not true. Okay. It, the reason why they aren't getting the results that the bodybuilders are getting is because they're not working as hard. And that is the bottom line. I'm just going to have to plug in my phone here, actually. Um, that's the bottom line. It's nothing to do with steroids. It's nothing to do with, you know, whatever. I, like The only way that you could say that it was unfair was if if you were working just as hard in exactly the same way, five days a week, high intensity training with the same trainer in the same gym, using the same equipment, eating the same food. If you kept all the variables the same and one person was taking anabolic steroids and the other one wasn't, then you could probably say that, okay, well, you know, you could measure the difference and say, well, this person has gotten better results than this person, but every other variable was the same. But you can't say it's not that you're not getting the same, it's not fair you're not getting the same results as them because most people who say that just aren't working as hard as the professional bodybuilders. So to go back to the original question, do I really believe that anything above the bikini category requires extra help? No, I don't believe that it requires extra help, but it's very hard for women to build huge amounts of muscle. And most women, most most people these days, aren't prepared to do what it takes. They're not prepared to be patient enough. Years ago, whenever I started bodybuilding, or I'm only bodybuilding five years, but even, you know, even then it wasn't as popular as it is now. Everybody wants to stand on stage and they want to stand on stage fast. They want to stand on stage in six months or in, in three months or in nine months. And so when I say to people, they say to me, oh, how long did it take you to build your body? And I say five years, they go, five years? Like they don't want to hear it takes five years. You know, Mark Eddie, my trainer, has been training for 22 years. And, you know, Mark Mark in his prime took less drugs than some of the 18-year-old guys are taking now for the much smaller categories. I'm not even joking. Everybody, we live in a more society. More is more. More is more. Everybody wants to take more. So is it possible to... Um, do I believe anything above the bikini category needs extra help? No, I don't believe so. If you're prepared to work longer and harder for, than everybody else. Does it make the results quicker? Yes. If you take more and more and more, does it make them quicker still? Yes. But at what cost? That's, that's what I would ask. At what cost? Especially if you're a woman, especially if you haven't had children. It's, you do not want to be messing around with anabolic steroids that are going to interfere with your ability to reproduce or with your hormones. You know, some of them are, um, I think it's called androgynous, where you're like, you can literally get an enlarged clitoris and grow a penis. Yeah, I don't want a penis, <laughs> like seriously. So um, it's why I never did any of the bigger categories because I really wasn't prepared to do what it would take to get there. And I can't do, can I say hand on heart that I know that every single athlete in a larger category has taken steroids? No, absolutely not. But I also do know that in order to build the muscle required to compete in those larger categories, it's kind of hard to get there without chemical help, I would say. Not impossible, but hard. Okay, okay, okay. So um, let me see what else is up here. 
Hmm. Okay, let me take a few questions from the chat, actually. Let's see if um, there's any kind of quickfire questions coming up from the chat. Okay, so just one come, come up straight away. Mel McKeag, any suggestions on training shoes? I use um, Nike Metcons or Reebok Nanos. The reason why I use those for training is because they have a very, very flat sole. And so whenever you're squatting and deadlifting, you don't want to have anything with a raised sole. You never want to be training and running shoes. Um, you want to have a really flat sole so that your foot is evenly distributed on the floor. And I think that um, that's extremely important. Okay. Um, I've answered this, but I'm going to answer it again. Maven Stone, when will the app and butt camp be ready? Butt camp is launching mm, September 27th. And we don't know exactly when the app is going to be released because it is in the testing phase with the team at the minute. And it is all ready, but adding the programs is a mammoth job. So I don't want to rush it. I don't want to release it until it's ready, because if we do, then everyone will complain if it's not right. So you just need to be patient. Um, okay. What advice would I give my 25-year-old self? Just live life and um, keep going, <laughs> which is exactly what I did. Uh, I, I wouldn't have any, I wouldn't change anything that I've done. I wouldn't change anything that I've done in my life at all. Uh, what is my favorite protein bar? I don't eat protein bars, to be honest. I just eat whole nutritious food and I have protein shakes, but I very, very rarely eat a protein bar. Um, and I find that most of the protein bars, the vegan ones, give you terrible wind because they usually have inulin in them. And inulin is like, they it's a, they add it to foods, um, as a fi as to increase the fiber, but unfortunately, inulin cannot be digested in the small intestine. It must be di digested in the large intestine, which gives you gas and makes you fart. So I generally tend to avoid protein bars for that um, for that particular reason. Um, okay. Oh God, there's millions of questions coming through from the chat now. Um, let me see. Miss Young 888, how do you accept the aging process? I'm also heading towards my 40s. I'm still fit, but I do feel it. Do you know, I don't even, I sometimes do think about it and I'm like, oh my God, am I going to be like, a, you know, what am I going to look like when I'm 50, 60, 70 or whatever? But the honest to God's truth is as I've gotten older, I'm 42 now, I keep looking better because I don't accept the aging process because I get fillers and Botox and um, I'm not laser, but like uh, microneedling and all these different types of facials. And I train really hard in the gym and I get um, cryotherapy and all different types of stuff like on my skin for skin tightening. Um, and I color my hair and I get eyelashes I put on every couple of weeks and I get lip fillers and I got Invisalign to get my teeth straightened. And so I don't accept the aging process. I am determined to keep looking as young and fresh as I possibly can. And actually, because of all the work I get done, I look better now than I did in my 30s. So, and also I'm fitter. Like I, I do have wrinkles around my knees and my butt is a little saggier than it was. Well, actually, it's not saggier than it was. My butt looks far better now than it did in my 20s because I have I have decided that I am not going to be a traditional um, you know, 50, 60, 70 year old woman, I'm going to be fit. I'm going to be ripped. My skin will continue to soften, but I am going to be like fucking Madonna. I'm going to get younger every single year because that's just how I've decided it's going to be. So I don't accept the aging at all. I am determined to defy the aging process as much as I can. And um, I don't think that any woman should be judged for doing it. Uh, CBT Wisdom, you mentioned a possible mindset course in the Million Dollar Mentor. Is that still in the works? Yes, that is still in the works. Um, but I would say with everything else we have going on, it's probably going to be next year, the time it would launch. Uh, what else have we got going on? Um, 
what is my favorite protein shake or um edit veronica hughes is asking uh the protein works is my favorite protein shake it's the wonder shake by the protein works the macros are amazing you can um it's only 82 calories for 25 grams of protein it's absolutely spectacular and you can uh, get a you can get 55% off well actually I don't know whether it's 50 or 55 sometimes that we toggle between the codes so if you go to the checkout at the protein works and put in TSV for the sculpted vegan TSV 50 or try TSV 55 you can get 55% off site wide right gonna go back to the questions we have about another 12 minutes um loads of questions here loads of those are actually really funny questions um as well so what am i gonna answer so many here okay i'm gonna i'm gonna answer this one kim has bodybuilding increased your confidence or have you always been a very confident person this is a great question i have always been a very confident person and i, I would be lying if i didn't if i said that i wasn't but I think that a lot of my confidence came from having a pretty difficult childhood. And when I say difficult, like it wasn't hugely difficult. I had a very loving family. I had, um, you know, it's my, my sister, I had two amazing sisters, still do have. I, you know, my parents divorced when I was young, but I, I was always confident that they loved me. And I never, I wasn't abused or anything like that. But my parents divorced when I was at a very tender age. I was about seven. And we were in boarding school at the time. So I went to boarding school from I was seven. And it was hard to be away from my parents. And I've talked about this quite a lot in the podcast before. And so I think that because I had to grow up very quickly, because I didn't have the umbrella protection of my mom and dad from a very young age, like I, I basically had to grow up fast and I had to learn how to take care of myself. And so with that comes a huge amount of self-esteem. And when I say self-esteem, I don't mean feeling good about yourself. I mean, self-esteem as defined by the number of possible Possibilities an individual uh, perceives in a given situation. So that's how I define self-esteem. Not, oh, I feel so good about myself. I define self-esteem as how many possibilities do I perceive in this situation? Because the more possibility I see in the world, the better I feel, the less of a victim I feel. And so... I had to learn how to fend for myself from a very, very young age. But also my parents were both very confident and both very social. And so we always had, you know, parties at the house and my dad ran a business. He ran a car dealership from our house and we always had people coming and going. And I was always chatting to strangers. There was always loads of people coming and going in the yard and people who worked for dad. And and so I, I was a very sociable child and I was in contact with a huge amount of people from a very young age. And so I think that gave me an enormous amount of confidence. Now, here's where everything changed after I started bodybuilding. I had never really been happy with my body. And of course, they always say your biggest weakness is also your biggest strength. The fact that I hadn't been really happy, always like really happy with my body, um, drove me to be better, drove me to start the company that I started, The Sculpted Vegan. And that... But and so whenever I started bodybuilding, I I'd never I can honestly say I'd never, ever, ever liked my butt. Never, never, ever, ever my whole life. I don't know whether it was something that happened when I was younger or something that caused me to not like it. But I always wanted it to be better. I used to be conscious of it. I can remember being a teenager in a bikini and being conscious of it. I just never liked it. 
And so after I started bodybuilding, now that I'm five years down the line in bodybuilding, I can confidently say I love my body. I love my body. Now, are there bits of it that I would maybe love to change or I would love to be like a little bigger or a little fuller? Possibly, but like, you know, I've had the, the the opportunity to have like, I have a boob job. So, you know, I used to hate my boobs after having breastfeeding four children. And so I was able to get a boob job and I have, you know, grown my glutes over five years from concentrating, from working so hard on them. I And I take care of my body. Like I, I realized a few years ago that if you constantly take care of yourself and you have tan on and you're always, you know, keeping yourself epilated or whether you shave or you wax or whatever, if you always keep yourself in good physical shape, like that's why I get my eyelashes done every two weeks. I have cosmetic tattooing. I get, my, you know, work done. I have cosmetic tattoos on my lips. Um, I'm always tanned and I, like, I'm not adverse to using a sunbed. I actually really, like, I, I have a sunbed in my office, like a tanning bed. I think they're called America's. So I have a tanning bed in my office. I only got it like a three or four months ago and I maybe have a sunbed twice a week and everyone's like, oh, it's so bad for you. I'm like, well, I cover my skin. I always put factor 50 on my face. So I never put my face in the sun ever. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm happy to stand in a tanning bed for, I don't care, like twice a week. Um, not twice a week, the whole year round, only in the summer. And I, and apart from that, I use Lusotan. I'm always tanned. I'm always, so I, I take care of myself, but not only that, I work really, really hard on my body. Like I love my chest muscles. Um, I love my, my leg muscles. I, I, I take care of myself and I eat well and I drink loads of water. And yes, I do enjoy having a drink on the weekend, but I, I always, I've worked so hard on my body and I honestly never thought that I would get here. I never thought that I would get to the point at 42 years of age where I genuinely can look in the mirror and say, I love my body. And like I was standing, getting dressed the other day and my husband said to me, he was like, fuck your ass looks amazing at the minute. I was like, oh, does it? And he said, you can really see the work because I've been testing butt camp too, you know, the gym program, I've been using all these different bands and I've been focusing on my glutes like four to five days a week, as well as my other workouts. And you can really see the difference. And he said, fuck your ass looks amazing. And I, and I keep looking at it in the mirror and thinking, God, I love my bum. Like it's full, it's round. I don't feel self-conscious about it anymore, but it has taken five years of getting here. So one thing I would say is if you don't like your body or you don't feel confident, you can change it. You can change change anything in your life. And I think this is maybe a good note to finish on because, you know, I like five years ago in 2016, I was a skinny yoga teacher with a wobbly tum and a saggy bum. And like, don't get me wrong. I was pretty lean. I was never huge. In fact, I was probably skinny, but I was only eating like 1200 calories a day. I I had just done my yoga teacher training a couple of years before. I, yes, I was earning some cash. I was earning about three, about four hundred pounds a week cash, which is about probably about six hundred dollars a week, um, at, you know, cash or whatever, working here from home. But I, I decided in two thousand and sixteen that I was going to change my life. I decided I was going to change it. I just made the decision, and I you know, stood on stage. I, I trained as a bodybuilder builder at the same time as building my business while homeschooling my four kids. And everyone goes, people, the haters love to say about me, they love to go, oh, well, it's because you had, you know, you you had a rich husband and it's easy to do what you did when you have a team of housekeepers. And, and I'm like, I didn't have anything. I didn't have a rich husband. Yeah, my husband earned the money, but we certainly weren't rich. And, you know, I homeschooled my four children and I, I built my business from the ground up. Like I, I, 
I decided I was going to change my body and change my life when I was 36 years of age. And I did. And I built a multi, a multi, two multi-million dollar companies. Uh, well, one multi-million. We, we launched a second company last year and it turned over um, 1.2 million in October, November, December, January, February, March. We launched, what are we now? April, I can't even remember. April, no, June, July. Yeah, seven, seven eight, nine months or something. The second company I launched turned over $1.2 million in nine months. And that's only in two launches. And then we're launching, uh, oh God, we're launching a supplement company that we're doing, we're launching menopause supplements. We're launching an apparel company. Uh, we're launching a Facebook ads company. We are launching an Amazon, um, an Amazon reseller business uh, in the pipeline. It's happening at the minute. So I have so many, I'm building like this conglomerate now, but you know, I like not, and I'm not saying it to boast. I'm genuinely not. And I know like my haters love to go, oh, she's so fucking full of herself. I'm like, well, you know what? I've earned the right to be full of myself. Like five years ago, six years ago, I had nothing. And in six years, I changed my body. I, I made over $10 million and I've still managed to stay married and have the best relationship. I've worked so hard on my relationship with my husband. I didn't just stay married. I have a better marriage now than I've ever had. I have a great relationship with my kids. I have a great relationship with my family. My life is in a completely different place. So bodybuilding hasn't really increased my confidence, I guess. It's given me... It's, it, it's definitely given me a purpose and a passion in life that I didn't have before. Like it's, I used it to not only transform how I look and how I feel, but I used it to transform my life financially as well. So inadvertently, yes, I guess I could say bodybuilding has increased my confidence, but it, it's really, I've just used it as a vehicle to have more and be more. And um, I definitely, you know, I, I, I thank my lucky stars that I looked at my saggy wee butt in the mirror one day and decided that enough was enough and I wasn't going to live with it anymore and I downloaded a gym program and I went to the gym and that is where it all started. I didn't have this grand plan for this massive company and, you know, and this incredible body. All I wanted was a slightly bigger butt. So don't ever think that just because, you know, you only have like a little dream that it won't turn into a bigger dream because it can and it, it will if you let it. Like I didn't, you know, back then if somebody had said to me that I would be sitting not in the position that I'm in with the following I'm in like we sold over a hundred thousand programs in the last three years like it's phenomenal and if somebody had told me that I would be in the position that I'm in now I, I couldn't have imagined it I really couldn't have imagined it but it is possible it's possible for anyone if you're willing to work hard for it so that's what I'm going to leave you with today um thank you so 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 much for showing up today I think I'm going to do these um if I can, I think, I don't know that I have anything coming up on Sundays. I'm trying to think of anything coming up on Sundays moving forward. I'm going to try and do these every Sunday for the next four weeks, um, like an Ask Kim podcast. And we'll definitely send out like a wee bit of, um, a wee bit of, inf or I'll send out a, to the mailing list information about it, whatever, and hope you guys have enjoyed it. And thank you so much for uh, showing up and asking loads of questions. And I'm really sorry that I didn't get to all your questions. But if you're listening to this and you didn't show up here live, because I'm recording this as a podcast, um, I'm telling Instagram here. So if you didn't, um, but now I'm talking to the podcast people, if you didn't uh, know that I was recording this live on Instagram at 7 p.m. UK time, show up next week on Instagram, 7 p.m. UK time, it will be live and you can watch me record this and then listen to it at a later date if you want to get a little double dose of Kim, which I'm sure you don't because a single dose is quite enough. Um, but all I can say is thank you so much for showing up. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I really appreciate each and every one of you here on Instagram and here on the podcast, because without you guys, you know, asking questions and being interested, I wouldn't have a business, you know, it's business is about the people. Um, without you guys, the people, um, not, none of this would exist. So I just want to say a really special 
thank you to you guys who I love so much. Um, thank you so much for showing up and sending huge kisses and hugs to you and see you all next week um, here on the podcast or here on Instagram, 7 p.m. UK time for a live Q&A um, and have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the week wherever you are. And bye for now. Thanks, guys. Bye.